Shamrock, my ass. This is Andre Iskana, and you listen to Bay of Black Water. You're gonna need a bigger boat. We have such sights to show you. You don't know what that is. tonight uh the i can't even remember what year it was but uh the so 2012, 2012 my friend 2012 uh silent night deadly night no no silent week. night yeah what the? and as you can hear our boy will is back yo what up yes <laughs> yeah man it's been so a while. It, yes yes it has definitely so so yeah, um, this is going to be an interesting one because uh, this is a movie. Don't I've... introduce me. Well, of course, you know it's, it's Rob. It's Rob from Georgia, aka VHS eighty two apostrophe. Thank you, my and, friend. Thank you. Yes, yes. And I'm me, BDG reviews. So yeah, there. Hello. What up? Okay. Only, the only true, the only two true voices, Toronto and Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And so, so yeah. three miles south. Yeah. So yeah, so we're we're covering Silent Night, uh, otherwise known as like the Silent Night Deadly Night remake, even though it's not really, but it is kind of. Uh, uh, what the? What exactly? Is this? I, 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 are we already going to talk about the movie? No, I just want to know what 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 it was. It's a it's a remake. It's a remake of the original yeah. film. 
I think officially it's considered a remake, but it's yes. one of those ones like uh, like the Dawn of the Dead remake, yeah. where it's like they took the bones of the story and just ran with it. Why would it take? Why, why would they they take the dead? Well, no, no one would uh, protest a movie called uh, Silent Night. Nobody's well, gonna protest today. This one, we're gonna talk about. It. This one's actually loosely based on true events. Yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna talk about that because that 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 actually is. God, that's freaking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, what's up? We talk a little news real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, Godzilla minus one continues to tear it up and is going to get a re-release in Japan in black and white. Oh man, I I they I I hope they bring it over here, or at the very oh, least oh, put oh, it oh, on oh, the Blu-ray. Well, let me tell you, it got extended. Another week through Christmas, I'm probably going to see it, buy it, see it a second time uh, a day or two after Christmas. Uh, so it, every week they say it's done, it's gone, and then we get it again for another week. So uh, <laughs> money, money talks when you're making money. I'm seeing it tomorrow, so they'll have my 20 bucks. It's about time. Nice. <laughs> uh, I... I I don't know. You you have probably heard a lot. We don't need to talk forever on it, but I did hear Coffin Joe's uh, Arrow's re- is Arrow releasing yep. a new Coffin Joe box set. That, yeah, a, a huge box set. I think it's nine discs. Is there everything in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Coffin Joe stuff, and it's there's new co- commentaries on everything, and uh, it's just it's gonna be. Kind of sweet, I gotta admit. It, it, I don't own the the original box set. Do, do y'all own it? Or? I, I, I sort of do. Bootlegs? Yeah. The Coffee Joe trilogy that was released. What was, was that? Glenn, help me. Was that Severn that released that? I, I think it was Severn, yeah. On the DVD format, I got Wasn't that. that first. Uh. I don't know. Vinegar Syndrome, I think Vinegar Syndrome might have done a Blu-ray. I'm going to check. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's damn cool, though, because, I mean, Coffin Joe, you know, they don't they don't make them like that anymore. No, man, we're both freaking rock snaps. Oh. This is, that's the one I got. Oh, uh, snaps. Uh, snaps? Okay. Oh, no, there's like a... Um... There's a three movie, a three. Oh, trilogy. Okay, no, no, my bad. Synapse did a trilogy too, DVD trilogy. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, that first movie so freaking mean spirited, man. You you gotta love it. You really do. And and the fact that it's, you know, this is what was coming out in foreign countries, you know. And like in the meantime, like you look at what like. Britain and America would do. We're doing it at the same time. Um, I don't know. It, it just feels like more dangerous. Maybe I don't know. I, oh. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you, you start talking about things like Last House on the Left and 
Texas. And yeah, that's true. Some good movies coming out, man. Some pissed off directors. You, you gotta love pissed off directors. You really do. They're, they're the best, man. They're the best. Look, that's why. That's why I say. That's why I say, "Injustice for All" is one of the best albums of all freaking time because they were freaking pissed off and they made it. Well, oh, speaking of uh, Godzilla minus one, though, I gotta send y'all something real quick. I think I found the the soundtrack on Amazon. Oh, nice! Yeah, check this out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla versus King <laughs> versus King. It's not from versus King Kong. It's just versus King. <laughs> oh man, that's some that's some like special turtle type stuff, you know. <laughs> Are you seeing that, Rob? Seeing what again? Uh, the link I sent on the, the chat. <laughs> Godzilla versus King. <laughs> that's that's some like Hong Kong level, like you know. <laughs> it's in the uh, the Skype chat. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I had to like interrupt for a second because that shit is crazy. But for, for that, that's worth it. You know what? Maybe I'll make that the thumbnail of the show. <laughs> it's like we're we we're talking about this all night, and that's just a picture of Godzilla versus King. <laughs> uh, all right, what else is in the news? Thanksgiving just got a drop release for early January. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's all. Got the what's it called right now? The streaming is out right now, from what I know. No, I care about that. no, no one really cares about that, no. but you know. Did you see? Got did? Did you see? I was gonna say Godzilla. Did you see Thanksgiving? Will? Uh, uh nope. God, uh, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, I know, dude. No, have I, have I seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. No, I've seen it. Thanksgiving. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. What'd you think? Uh, it was alright. I had a good time. Yeah. It, it, it was a blast, you know. It was just your typical, you know, like a Dude, I wish it would have been. I'm sorry. film, you know. I wish it would have been more like the Prowler than freaking. I know what you did last summer. Yeah, that that's my yeah. issue, honestly. This movie is so like 2000, early 2000 slasher. This know? is a movie that feels perfect, tucked in between uh, Scream and I Know What You Did. Yeah, or yeah. like Urban Legend. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would fit there perfectly. Um with, with some nice callbacks to a few eighties movies, but uh that's all they were. Yep. And you know what? You know what it was? It was like it was like the nuns callbacks to a few Italian directors, but that's all they were. Yeah. You know you what? Know. I said it on the last, on the podcast for the for uh Thanksgiving. I'm gonna say it now again. How the hell do you kill someone with a shopping cart? Well, how do you, uh, yeah, how do you do a lot of things in that movie? Um, yeah. it, it's I, that, dude, that, uh, um, that trampoline scene, though, man, hurt. That's the only scene in the entire movie that hurt me. That hurt. Yeah, is it, I, is it uh, so it's, it's streaming right now? 
from what already? I know, already, I think it is. Yeah, um, I didn't have it. Didn't have a long run though. No, but then again, you know, like uh, it's kind of like how can <clears> I put <throat> this? <clears throat> it's a seasonal slasher film. So once you get past that season, it kind of doesn't matter anymore. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, you're not going to see, like, Silent Night, Deadly Night show up in, like, March. Even uh, though I, I wouldn't mind. Well, it, it, it did well enough that we got, you know, a pretty automatic news about a uh, go-ahead sequel, which is pretty pretty cool for horror. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it'd be nice if they sort of cranked down and got a little bit more hardcore with it, but, you know, this is just going to be another I Know What You Did franchise, but it's fine. That's fine. It's Thanksgiving, so it's we'll, we'll have sequel something. already here. greenlit? Yep. Yeah. yeah already yeah. greenlit, and it goes into production in oh, January. This is the freaking news that just dropped uh, just recently. James Wan doing an adaption of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's uh, Call of Cthulhu. Yep. That. That's interesting. James Wan, honestly, needs to get back to freaking horror. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's stop playing freaking with the kids and get back to freaking doing some horror. Yeah, like Aquaman, Aquaman 2, but this shit is like tank. Yeah, I don't care about that. Honestly, it's it's one. I'm going to see it, but I'm not going to go to the theater to see it. I'm I'm going to wait for it to be, you know... Uh, downloadable um, illegally. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, and then, you know, maybe when it's on sale, maybe I'll buy the Blu-ray. Because honestly, I will say the first Aquaman Aquaman movie, I genuinely enjoyed. It was a good yeah, movie. The first one was great. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, this, oh. <laughs> I saw a let's, review of let's it. Let's temper ourselves there, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I heard no, someone it was all right. Really I saw someone put a review of it, and they just said essentially what they did is like uh, it was a bunch of stuff with um, you know uh, Jason Momoa and like his uh, and uh, Patrick Wilson brother. It was like a buddy cop movie with them, and then there was about like about four scenes or whatever with Amber Heard where they were just making sure she didn't shit on the bed. You know, and I mean, well, yeah. Luckily, her career is done. I don't think she's ever come back from that. Yeah, but that's not what's killing this movie. No, this movie's being killed by uh, by James, uh, by James Gunn. May- maybe. Oh, well, he I killed mean, the whole fucking universe. He, he did. <laughs> I mean, uh. I, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't seen we we haven't really seen any of his DC universities making, you know, so we don't really know how it's gonna go. But uh, I hope it's good. Oh, uh, DC deserve better. They really do. Well, I'm more I'm I I'm more hyped for the Batman too, actually. Oh yeah, definitely. What did you think of the first Batman, Will? What do you mean the first Batman? I mean the Batman. The, the 19, 1966? 
No. I mean, the last <laughs> freaking Batman movie that came out. Loved it. Saw so it two times in the theater. I dug it as well. I, the only thing I found a bit weird about it was, you know, when Robert Pattinson's uh, Bruce Wayne. Not his Batman. I was fine with his Batman. But his Bruce Wayne was like... Creepy little emo kid. Well, we all know who's the the best Bruce Wayne there there, there is Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Longmire. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm serious though. Val Kilmer was uh, he played Bruce Wayne really well. If anything, you know, he played Bruce Wayne as more of a character than than Batman is, which it probably yeah. wasn't the way to go about it. You know, well, we, well but from it, from. Let's hope we we get the the, the Schumacher cut. Maybe we we can, we can discuss the, a little more a little bit more of yeah. this sweet sweet Batman. Yep. <laughs> so now since we're on sort of a theatrical uh, rant, I was curious. Uh, just thinking on the last few days about uh, this pod we're going to do. Uh, we are about to close out a year, and I was just curious what. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, your top three or five, whatever, um, theatrical viewings this year were, both uh, throwback or new. Hmm. What were some good memories this year going to the theater? Do you have it? Do you have any? I mean, I have a few. I mean. I, I have I have a few. I didn't go to that many movies this year, honestly. Uh, I don't know why. It's just, but for me, it's totally Godzilla minus one. Um. Saw ten, and uh, and you know what? Um, uh, Haunting in Venice. Uh, for me, I would say, well, certainly not Halloween Hands. <laughs> um, I would say Smile. I have a, I had a blast watching that. Did you really? I mean, I, I yeah, I yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, smile, I would say. Uh, <clears throat> uh, let me check it letter box. Um, I have. I uh, so well, saw so, so X. Oh, X is pretty good. Um, talk to me was pretty good too. Uh, El Razor, though, though it wasn't in a theater. El Razor was great. Uh, what about you, Rob? Um, well, I was very, 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 very blessed this year to see, in terms of throwbacks, I saw both Zombies, uh, reissue of House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, that was freaking amazing. Um, Rob Zombie's freaking amazing, and this work print for Halloween's freaking amazing, so. <laughs> um, but no, House was freaking awesome. I'm gonna tell you this, <laughs> two things caught me by surprise in that one. The um, cinematography, it, it, it was a lot different experiencing it on in a theater than it was having seen it on my TV. Um, a lot different. In fact, some of the scenes were almost, uh, I, I say this in the best way possible, almost nauseating away. I, w- I just wasn't expecting the, the camera, the way the camera moves and stuff, seeing it that big on a, on a, on a big screen like that. But down in the underground cavern, um, the labyrinth there it was freaking 
Oh my God, it was such a callback to Fulci, I think, and City of the Living Dead, and just that whole long walk down that, uh, such a different piece of that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But to see it, uh, and, and just the uh, lead up to that, uh, when they drop them down. Um, and of course, when they first go down there, it's such a throwback to uh, Spider-Baby 2. But seeing it on the big screen was so awesome. I saw Friday the 13th, the uh, 80 film on the big screen this past year. That was pretty um Pretty pretty cool, but in terms of new movies, I had such a freaking blast with Evil Dead Rise. That was such a freaking fun time. Oh um, yeah, I still think about that uh, movie and uh, seeing it. That was a lot of fun. Minus one, of course, probably the movie of the year. That was freaking mm-hmm. epic. Um, non horror though, I have to do. I have to say, Oppenheimer in theater was pretty was pretty wild. That was that was pretty wild. I gotta ask you though, did the um, the new, the cut of uh, Halloween, the the work print cut, surpass all of those movies when it comes to 2023. <laughs> I think so. There you go, movie of like, the year like, is like in our, <laughs> the work print. But now we're gonna sit, freaking get back into the pre talk. Look, that chase scene from house to house outdoes any second of the David Gordon Green freaking movies from start to finish, the entire trilogy. I don't care what you're talking about. That (laughs) chase scene, the way it's presented in the work print is freaking insane. It's, I love it. It's, I freaking was on the edge of my freaking couch. My heart was freaking pounding. And I was, I was, I was remembering, see, now you got to be gone. I was remembering so many freaking things. I was remembering the first time that trailer dropped. And I thought to myself, my freaking God, we got a Halloween movie coming. A real freaking Halloween movie. I never thought that one time when any of these three movies dropped on us. And I'm not gonna, I'm not trashing on the movies at all. They've got their moments. Uh, John Carpenter's score for sure, uh, reworked for them. But, um, this, this, uh, work print, man, watching that chase scene unfold in that short, uh, compressed, I guess it felt like it was just cut down. It felt like it felt like the the scene that we saw in the trailer originally. The music score, mm. a lot, of, just a lot of the movie is so um, different. Um, the end, of course, we talked about it. It's um, it is easily my it, I, it is my favorite of the three cuts. It is. Nice. So I other parts of the huh. I said, you hear that, people? The work print is better than anything you have ever fucking seen in anything, your whole life. <laughs> anything. I wish Christopher Nolan could make a movie this good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, – no, God, Christopher Nolan, man. Him and, and the others that have been uh, just raging physical media of late is freaking awesome for the community. For I don't oh, care. Definitely. Horror, especially for us horror community. Um, Look, that's the reason why I have Oppenheimer on 4K in my collection. He said, get it. So I got it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all you have to do as a director. Tell me to freaking buy your material and I'll buy it. You said you put a lot of work into it. I mean, that's yeah. why we love film, right? I mean, didn't Fulci say, I eat, I eat cinema. I eat film. <laughs> Knowing Fulci, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Sat there, a giant bowl of, uh, bowl of film it? stock and just let's get Get back to the, the, the work print, print cut. Yeah. Convince us, the people, how good it is. It's freaking good. I I mean, look, I was, I was, I didn't know what to expect. And 
the minute the film begins with Monster Mash instead of God of Thunder, I thought, oh, this is different. And it was. It was it was a different way to see the movie. It's, it begs a lot of questions. Like, how did you get from the work print to the theatrical and then back to the unrated? And I mean, how did all that... See, what I want is a freaking commentary, or I want some some discussion by Rob Zombie and how what his thoughts were on the. I would no, love to know what he thought about the work print. Uh, mm. Did he? Did he? Yeah, I mean, I would be interested, dude. Dude, the scene when he's on the. I love it when he's on the stairs or, or sitting there, and the mom pulls up, and she's like, "Oh my god, now what?" And um, she comes up to him, and he's just like, "It's all over. It's 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 all over." He says it like three times. It's all over. I thought, wow, that's okay. The, the crane shot at the end, the alternative end, uh, which I thought I really freaking loved. I loved the whole end. But you know, just the, with the score, it seemed like there was a lot more Halloween score. Like I said earlier, it just it feels like it, it feels like the closest we're ever going to get to two separate films feeling somewhat blended into more of a film, which I know is everyone's freaking part part of their argument against this movie in general is that it just feels like too because com- they don't know what freaking most of these people have no clue about anything <laughs> but especially when they're talking about Rob's work they can off <laughs> well the thing is I mean uh, 2027 is going to be the 20th anniversary of it right so who knows maybe uh, getting freaking old maybe if we can get a get enough people talking, maybe we'll get a work print official release, perhaps? I doubt that, because, I mean, the work print must still be, because, you know, it was Dimension, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the it was back when the Weinstein were there. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it must, I don't think it's, it's probably out of reach. Oh, so, yeah, now now we know exactly where that rape scene came from. Yeah. The mind, the mind of. Uh... You know, that's the other thing about the word print. I was, uh, I was kind of expecting the breakout scene, not the rape scene, but that's the scene that's in the work print. Which... Oh, really? I prefer the breakout. I well, I, I think I do too. But I, I understand. I think, I think the rape scene makes more sense in how he is able to break out of there, walk out of there. I think then him just, I, but I love the break. I love both. I, I mean, well, it's, it's hard to say you love a rape scene, but I, <laughs> I think it works. I mean, I think you set the perfect, and I, you know, I know Rob on his commentary said, you know, the hell with people who say that just never happens. It happened all the freaking time. It's like the people who say, you know, cars never run into a freaking cow on the road in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's I mean, like I guess most of these people talk, they don't even know what they're saying. They just talk. Yeah. But work print's freaking awesome. The greatest uh, movie I, of all time. Yeah, we're out there. <laughs> I think minus one just edges it up. Just a little bit. Just just yeah, well, just a, a little yeah, just enough. Just yeah. <laughs> that, so the other question I had, I don't think there's anything really other more relevant in the news. Um <laughs> Was uh, our top, our five don't necessarily have to be a top five, but five go to 
Christmas movies. We're gonna about to talk about Silent Night. What are, what are our favorite Christmas movies? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Black Christmas, The Christmas Evil, Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, and Krampus. Nice. Um, for me, um, number one, Black Christmas, easily. I love that movie. I watch it every year. The, the remake? The ha- ha- hell to the no. That thing is a cinematic abomination, and uh, the director needs to be sterilized so they can never have children. <laughs> and if they have children, they need to be taken away from them because, um, you know, that's that's just some woke garbage. Throw them on a witch of her. Yeah, yeah. Wood chipper is for the win. Um, Salt Night Deadly Night, of course. Salt Night Deadly Night Five, which I've taken a real liking to oh, since. Oh, me too. Since man. It, honestly, it, it, it's your it's your fault. I took a liking to it because <laughs> yeah, really, I used to hate that movie. It used to be what, what movie again? Uh, Salt Night Deadly Night Five. Ah, uh, uh. you know, and the, the thing was, like, Will was always like, "It's actually a good movie," and I'm like, "Yeah." But, and then, you know, a couple of years back, I rewatched it, and I'm like, damn it. Dude, it's it's well, it, so it, 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 it's fuck. It is. So is it Jaws Force. So come on now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I, rem- I remember when I was younger liking Part 4 a lot. And don't get me wrong, the effects in 4 were really good. Boring. But that, Shit. it is. I mean, when I watched it, like, the other year, I was like, is that the toy maker? Which one's the toy maker? Five. Five. Okay. Which is which actually one's, really which one's good. With Bill Mosley. Uh, that's three. Oh, okay. All right. I mean that that one's. <laughs> oh, three and four are fucking awful. Yeah. But, well, both are fucking boring. Yeah, I mean honestly, I'd watch three before I watch four. I watched five before I watched two. Yeah, five though is just so good. So where was I? Uh, Black Christmas. Uh, Silent Dead of the Night, Silent Dead of the Night 5, uh, Krampus, and, well, here's a question. Which version of Krampus? Uh, the 2000. No, I mean, like, the, the theatrical cut or the quote-unquote naughty cut? Oh, both. Yeah, I, I mean, literally, it's just, it's just a reason, you know, for more swearing. But if I had to choose one, probably theatrical. Honestly, I kind of agree. The the addition of, like, you know, essentially all, like, the swearing doesn't bother me, but, you know, it's, it's it feels too much like, oh, we're going to make this an R-rated movie now. You know, so we got to get our quota of... It, it, it kind of drags, too. A little bit. Good movie, though. Uh, and you know what? What other one would I say? Yeah, you know what? This one's gonna, this one's gonna turn a few heads. Christmas at Cookies. The fuck is that? It's 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 on Tubi, and I I tell you not, I kid you not, it's one of the the funniest things you'll ever see. Cookie is a uh, he's an elf <laughs> who lives on a space station in on in like. On the moon. Okay, now skip. And the, the world is uh, devastated, but Santa and Mrs. Claus are still there, fighting a skeleton. 
it's so it's it's so Bro, that, that 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 shit must be like the worst garbage ever. It I mean. is. Let me put it this way: it's on the same level as like um, uh, oversex rug suckers from Venus or whatever from outer space. Yeah, it's it's that level of movie. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. But did you watch something like that was like truly awful, like oh. Elf on a Shelf? Oh, I watched one called Hell on a Shelf. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I mean, I... look. In theory, the, the the idea was kind of could have been kind of cool—an evil elf on the shelf, and it was found footage. It it could have worked, but it was if they fall back on like you know your basic like paranormal activity type stuff like. Like, is anybody there? And it's like, what? Wh- where are you, Timmy? You know, and they're like, and they're talking with like uh, the spirit boxes and everything. Oh, and then at the end, the the main guy dies, and you see his ghost get up out of his body and walk off with his brother, who's actually the, the evil killer spirit. It's oh my god, I've seen some trash. You know, I mean, let me let me put it this way, um. I would still watch it before I watch the Black Christmas remake, but um, I would watch Silent Night Deadly Night three before I watch that. Yeah, damn that that was oh man that was bad. On <laughs> honestly, this year has been a little bad for like like newer. Like Christmas horror, you know? Yeah. Oh, can, can I add? No, dude. You know what? Fuck my top five. I just need to name one movie. Go for it. Jaws 4. Hells Jaws. yeah. There you dude, go. Opening scene. No, it, no. Not just the opening scene. They are celebrating Christmas in the Bahamas, I, my dude. Oh, no. I don't care about the Bahamas. <laughs> I love the fact that that water is like minus 30 degrees and we're singing the choirs on the shore and the Brody boys just getting freaking messed up. That that is such an epic freaking scene. It is. That's the whole movie is fucking Uh, Well, stop. Okay. Temper yourself. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, honestly, you got to reckon if they just took the first like, you know, five minutes of that, five, ten minutes, like the opening scene and just did that as a short film. That would be an awesome short film. Is there a word print of Jaws 4? You know what? There might be. You never know. <laughs> I'm wondering, Will, I was admiring your posters behind you, and I was just thinking to myself, we need, we desperately need, I think, a work print for Friday 5. Oh, shit. Sure. I think that was freaking epic. I think there's a work print for the, uh, the old 9 remake, I think. I don't care what. <laughs> Honestly, that has one of the the most um, mean spirited kills. Uh, I think Silent Night has one of the most mean spirited kills. But... Oh yes. Um, but I got a five. I got a. Uh, I got a few Christmas movies. Danny, go for it. Okay, so I was thinking more along the lines of my crazy five. Yeah. And how I do that. So I got one. Outside looking in, I'll start there, and then everything is 
not ordered. It's just chronological order. So from the year of release down to number one. Yeah. But it's funny doing these crazy fives more times than not. I often think I do this because I don't want it. I, I, I don't want to spend the extra time thinking about how I'd actually really order things. So it's just more easier to just do it chronological by year release. But yeah. more times than not, they always seem to end up closer to what I would order them by doing it that way. But anyways, um, so my outside looking in, I'll just run through them real quick. Um, the outside looking in, though, um, is, uh, and I know I, I'm ready for the eyebrows here to go up, uh, but I do have a very valid reason, um, is uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween from 07. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> oh. Let me tell you why. Me, okay. Go All for right. it. Yeah. So, okay, so... We're not talking the word print, but in uh, in his in the theatrical presentation, there's the one scene where Loomis, um, the original Loomis, there Malcolm McDowell's, um, walking into the um, uh, Saint Asylum, and cameras kind of pull back, and it's winter, the snow is there, and everything, and you got that old, I think it's Bing Crosby, uh, deck the halls. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, that's like now listen, seconds. can I just finish my freaking thought? I I get it's thirty <laughs> seconds, but it's. 30 seconds, it's 30 seconds that that catapults me back. you got to remember, I grew up in the 70s, and that genuinely is maybe the closest 30 seconds of film that I immediately, my mind starts going back to Christmases in the 70s, the ugly sweater he's wearing. I know I had one that looked just like that. It, it's, it's listening to Bing Crosby. It's, it's just the, the snow. It's just, I don't know what the aesthetics of the scene. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's, it, it just catapults me like very few movies do. And that's what movies are supposed to do. Uh, they're supposed to catapult you back to some other time. Um, that it, you know, it's why film connects with you, right? But anyways, on to a real five. Now, You'll have to forgive me. I don't have a lot of my collection for Christmas horror. But uh so we'll start from uh fifteen uh uh, uh Krampus. Um freaking love that movie. It's not as oh, good yes. as uh, it's not as good as his uh trick or treat. But um yeah. it's what a throwback to Jaws in that though, when the uh when they're out at what was it what was what was the Jeeps or the 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 vehicle he had called was it was it Lucy? Uh, no, what was it? Uh, Something. Like Anyways, I love that scene when they're going through the snow, though, and mm -hmm. uh, it just reminds you of that scene out on the water in Jaws when uh, they're out there in the fog and the light, and you know, just sort of, I don't know. I know they had that scene in mind when they did that, but Krampus is cool. I love watching Krampus every year. Uh, yeah. Number four from 2010, um, Rare Exports. Freaking love that movie. Oh, nice choice. Nice I just choice. watched that the other day. Uh, in fact, we did a double helping of that. Uh, watched it and then watched it again. Uh, <laughs> Freaking love Rare Exports. Now, three from 84. This one I wasn't expecting to throw on this because I could have thrown something else. But I watched it the other day, and I don't. And it's the first time I threw it in my. Um, you know, we often talk about that up that upscale effect. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it was. It's the first time I threw it in. I've thrown this into my 4K player with 4K TV, and I just I don't know how the colors were, how it looked, but um, I, I don't know. It's like I I fell in love with Gremlins all over again. Oh, that yeah, is such I a fun Christmas movie, man. 
that is a fun freaking movie. Man, it, but it just looked great. I don't know if it was that upscale thing that we talk about from time to time, but uh, it just, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I just had a, I had a really good time with that. But uh, the top two, though, from 1974, of course, Bob Clark's classic Black Christmas. Got to see it every year. It's freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, number one from 1972, Silent Night, Bloody Night. Oh, freaking, really? Freaking love that freaking movie, man. The, the sanitary, the, the mental silence scene there is freaking so demented. Um, <laughs> that that movie is freaking fun. That is so much freaking fun to watch. Just as long as you don't watch the sequel. Yeah, I did. So. <laughs> Uh yeah, yeah, it's on Tubi. Uh, I don't think I will. No, I don't think you should watch Christmas with Cookie. And you what know. is it with you and Tubi? <laughs> hmm. What is it with you and Tubi? It should be you and Shutter. We watch more Shutter. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we can't get Shutter up here. Yep. That's messed up. It is, you know. So, uh, a lot of stuff ends up on Tubi, though. Yeah, Tubi's got a, quite a great selection. And it's all free, so can't go yeah. wrong with that. Two two ads for film. Yeah, the can't same ad wrong. again and again and again and again, though. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, oh, well, I could have mentioned uh, Black Xmas, too, now that I think about it. Oh, yeah, Black Xmas, uh, as if, you know, if people don't know, we'll say it's, it's you know, the first remake of Black Christmas. And it it's it's a fun flick, you know? It's never going to live up to Black Christmas, but, you know, it, it takes things in a different direction. And I was cool with that, you know, and there was no, um, you know, uh, singing feminists either. So, yeah, always yeah. a plus. Yeah. Singing feminists just kind of ruin movies and life. And yeah, they tend to. Yeah. You know, there, there's no uh, there's no joy. Okay, Glenn, stop now. We're getting depressed. <laughs> oh man, you really want you really want depressed to bring Lonnie in and let him talk about it? He'll go on for like forty five minutes. <laughs> oh man, dude, his run time's epic, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I can't complain, man, because my Oppenheimer review is twenty minutes, so. Oh, hey, can't go wrong with that. I don't care if you listen. (laughs) Actually, I do, man. That was, that was, that was, uh, that was a good review for me. I wish people would actually, but most of the time it's, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Before we jump uh, uh, to the main topic, uh, did any of y'all know if uh, this movie had a theatrical run? I don't think it did. I think it was supposed to, but I think they, they just kind of like, nah, screw it. We'll just go straight to DVD and Blu-ray. Mm, interesting. Which is a, a shame, really, you know. You know, oh. this would have been, the, the wood chipper scene alone would have been great on the big screen. You really do like your wood shiver scene. Right? I love it. It's so mean spirited. Back, back up there. <laughs> we got plenty of time for the wood chipper scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, 
You know what's amazing about this movie is is uh, it's an Anchor Bay film. You gotta freaking love that man. Anchor Bay is so freaking awesome. You do. I mean, um, and it's a freaking Buffalo Gale picture. So if you don't like things from Buffalo Gale, f off. <laughs> so it's a Canadian freaking movie. This is your movie, guys. Yeah. 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 Canadian Absolutely. movie, and it's uh, it's based on uh, which we do need to talk about. It's based on uh, uh, actual events, loosely on actual events, um, in mm. terms of what creates the motivations of our uh, wonderful antagonist in this movie. Um, mm. But the the end effect, um, and I can I can just share what those are if you want. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, let me just. Okay, so basically, I'm. I got my notes, but I'll just try to go from memory. Um, so back in 08, you got this Pardo. Pardo, I think his name was. Um, so him and his wife were like married. This is on California, just on the suburb of Los Angeles. Uh, they were married for about two years. Um, weird marriage setup right from the get go. Um, which is really weird. But he 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 refused to join account with her, and you know any movie any any money. She brought in had to pay for the three, you know, kids that she already had in the marriage, uh, and so it's like a weird setup, anyways. But by the end of that first two years, she found out somehow that he had a kid that he never told her about, who apparently, as a result of a drowning accident, was I think a paraplegic in a wheelchair, and he basically abandoned the kid. <laughs> when she found that out, I, I, there had to have been other things, you know, going, you know, along the two-year route, but she filed for a divorce, and I don't know if it was just after the divorce. I think it was in the in the in the moments leading up to the divorce being finalized. He lost his job. He had worked, I think, for a company. I can't remember the name of it. I think it had military application. The guy wasn't stupid. The guy was pretty freaking smart, and so. As the divorce is being finalized, about two weeks after the divorce is finalized, he has this plan, and he basically shows up at the in-laws' house uh like 11 p.m. at night, knocks on the freaking door, dressed as Santa Claus, his eight-year-old niece opens or opens the door, and he immediately starts pulling out his uh I don't know, I can't remember eight millimeter or whatever, starts pulling out his guns, shoots her in the face walks in and just starts unloading. There's like 25 people, I think, in this, which now you can see that flashback scene, right? Yeah. In the movie. And goes in and just starts, just starts lighting up people. And he has like a a, a customized flamethrower, but that will, uh, that's designed to spray um, uh, racing fuel all over the house. And, but the part in the plan that, that sort of, uh, trips him up that he doesn't count on, of course, is there's either a candle or a pilot, something, something is on in the house that catches the fuel. And before he or anyone else, by the way, there's a girl, this comes out of our movie too. There's a girl that actually has to leap out a second story window, breaks her ankle in the process. You got people fleeing this house who can, um, you know, to the neighbors, the 9-11 call is pretty harrowing. Uh, but anyways, uh, there's an ignition, and before the guy even knows what's happening, the whole house explodes. One of the tallest freaking pillars of fire uh, people had 
it said they had seen before. But he's able to escape out of the house. His plan, apparently, was to ultimately escape uh, up to Canada. <laughs> oh! But the, the house, uh, you know, blows blowing up, and part of the Santa suit burns on him. You know, kind of messes things up for him a little bit. He uh, gets uh, gets to his brother's house. is about a couple miles away. His brother's not there. And ultimately, before morning's end, he ultimately kills himself. Um, and he had left cars, rental cars, that he was going to use or utilize to throw police off. Uh, they're booby-trapped, but uh, nobody ultimately loses their lives um, securing those vehicles. They're able to deal with the booby traps and stuff. And uh, but this dude, man, this dude just completely came on freaking hinged. And this was sort of the motivation of the director here, Stephen, or it was Stephen Seymour directed this. Mm. Um, and we get some of that real life, you know, I guess real life, whatever you want to call it in the flashbacks. And it's sort of utilized as a, as a motivation of sorts for our main antagonist, which I just found when I stumbled on that, you know, I was, I was, I was uh, surprised by, you know, two things. One, I, that, that it was there, but two, that Glenn, you, you said you'd never heard of it. No, I, I hadn't heard a thing about it. It, it was, it was referred to as the Covina massacre. Yeah. Can I, can I, uh, how many victims? Nine altogether. There's like 25, 30 people in the freaking house, but man, he goes in there like a freaking monster and they all just like start, it's like that scene in the movie when they all come running out of the the building they're in, when he's in there lighting it up with his flamethrower and stuff, they just come running out, you know, I don't know, it's, the first time I read through that though, I was just like, damn, that's messed up. You, you know what I want to military or anything on this? What, what, what's, I don't know. I mean, when you you can YouTube like the nine eleven call. There's uh, you, of course there's a lot of um, news accounts from the time. There's newspaper. You know, you can uh, articles. Um, I read a few of them, um, and it's I mean just it's just crazy, man. That was an 08. That is just some freaking. I mean, all I just keep picturing is that door opening up and him towering over that eight-year-old now the girl lived that got shot in the face wow um yeah i mean there was like three that he he tried to kill right off the bat that actually lived um somehow i don't know how but well that that just goes to show the difference in real real life injury and what we see on film i mean it's always a lot different what i want to know is this uh why was an eight-year-old up at 11 o'clock well, but the party must have been just been winding down, and it was just a, a Christmas Eve party. I mean, it was Christmas Eve. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I find it funny that that's the one like sticking point I have. It's like, why is the eight year old up at eleven o'clock? <laughs> what kind of eight year old is up at eleven o'clock? So you I know, was looking yeah. at pictures, dude, then this house is completely wrecked. Wow. Like it really burned down. I mean, it yeah, completely oh. devastated. Oh, he he lined it with some kind of racing fuel or something, and like I said, he didn't know he he didn't count on the idea that you know something was going to catch it before he had a chance to do it himself. <laughs> uh, just goes to show, no matter how well you can plan something, something is always going to follow it up. And 
yeah. yeah, he could be living up in your neck of the woods there, Will, if he would have made it. Yeah. Well, little did you know he did. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot to talk about this movie. It's definitely not perfect, but it has its it has its moment. That's for it, sure. It really does, and it's it's just it's just fun. I have to say, I enjoyed this movie more on the third time than I did on the first time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one that definitely uh, the more viewings you have, you know, the more you kind of like it. Well, I watched it two times. Uh, I watched it last night after work, and I watched it uh, this afternoon. For me, I had more fun watching it last night because it's been forever. Yeah. Since I saw this movie, and just you know, revis- revisiting uh, it last night, I mean, yeah. just made made my day. Honestly, I had a fucking blast with it. But you know, the second time, you know, you you know, I because I, I I basically forgot every kill, every and everything that that happened in this movie. So mm-hmm. it was quite a nice surprise for me uh, when I popped it in last night. Oh yeah, and I mean, we just gotta talk about. How can I put this? Um, the brat. Well, let's let's let's. You want to lay out a quick synopsis of this thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Will you got the the Blu-ray case or something right in front of you? DVD. You want to just read it, or we can just say what it is. Uh, I can read it. Y'all ready? Yep. Yeah. All right. In 1980, in 1984, the slasher classic Silent Night, Deadly Night stunned audiences, was banned across America and remains the most notorious Christmas movie in history. Now Santa is back, and he's got a brand new bag of tricks. As their small Midwestern town prepares for its annual Christmas Eve par- parade, uh, Sheriff and his deputy discover that a maniac in a Santa suit is murdering those he judges as naughty. Their sins. Porn, adultery, greed, and he will make sure they rest in heavenly pieces. <laughs> uh, make sure they rest. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, can we? Can, do we need to worry about spoilers in this one? This is twenty twelve, an old movie. No, yeah, no, no, we can. Let's just really talk about this one. This this needs to just be talked about. Oh yeah. How do you want to do this? you want to just go around real quick and just give initial thoughts or? Uh, yeah, I think we should give like initial thoughts and go deeper after it. Okay. Hmm. Glenn, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I love this movie. I love it with all my heart. It's so wonderfully mean-spirited. And there's just enough callbacks to Silent Night, Deadly Night without without, you know, like, being a complete, like, shot-for-shot remake. Like I said before, they take the bones of the story, the basic idea of, like, a killer Santa, and they run with it, and it it works. And we just got to say, there's something about that mask that he wears. You know? Like, a clear mask with, like, a beard and everything stuck to it. It's It's like like the uh, Alice Sweet Alice mask. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's got this, there's something about it that's just kind of, like, off-putting when you look at it. 
you know, and it and it works really well. The kills in this movie are are great, honestly. Um, including you know the wood chipper, which we will get to. <laughs> I mean, just just a little behind the curtains uh, for the listeners here. I have named this Skype call Wood Chippers or Us. Oh, okay. So you know that's just kind of how it is. Um, honestly, my only gripe about this movie is the fact that there's not really any snow. That that is true. There's not a whole lot of snow. There, there's literally, I think, some CGI snow at the end, and that's about it. Still feels cold. It does. It definitely does. And you know, it's it's just a fun Christmas slasher film. And you know, you can never have too many good Christmas slasher films. Yeah. For me, uh, it was a complete blast. Honestly, um, like I said, I forgot everything about this movie. Uh, before last night, uh, last night's viewing, and I was pleasantly surprised. Like you said, it's it's mean spirited. It's 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 kind of corny and cheesy too, mm-hmm. but in a good way. The effects are great too, uh, and you know it managed to keep me interested like all the way through. You know, I I never felt bored or uh, uninterested or anything. You know, I just had a blast with it. From start to finish, uh, definitely good actors too. I mean, no, no complaints there at all. I mean, everyone played their parts uh, really well. And you got you got to love Malcolm McDowell, whatever in whatever he's in. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I totally see see his character in this as like the brother of Loomis in H two. Yeah, like a twin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, because, like, you know, just the whole, the whole, he's like, he's going to regret coming to my town. And it's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, so good. Um, the killer looks fantastic. The look. Yeah. He's a big-ass dude, too, I mean. Yeah, really big. I and, mean, damn. Yeah. That, that's not a Santa Claus that you would uh, go to see in a mall. No, no, absolutely no. And uh, I, I like the uh, the callbacks to the the original, but there are some callbacks to other Christmas horror Christmas classics in there. Mm-hmm. Did you catch any? Uh there were ones I knew from somewhere, but I could never place where it was from. Well, the the the, the blatant one for me was uh, the topless girl in the bath. Uh, with the plastic wrapped around her head. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, R- Black Christmas. Movie. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. Black Christmas. <laughs> so yeah, uh, all around for me. I mean, good ass film. I, I would, I will probably rewatch it next year. Actually. Nice. I would say it's now in my top ten favorite Christmas horror movies for sure. Nice. <laughs> What about you, Rob? All right. Um, you know, this is a movie what been around since 2012, and I've conveniently ignored for one reason or another. 
until the show. So this was a uh, this was a first time watch for me, um, but I did watch it three times in the last week or so. Um, I don't know. My first impression. My first impression. I really, I really thoroughly enjoyed Malcolm McDowell in this movie, um, and he was the one aspect of the movie that I was most curious about, um, especially, you know, you know, just with Loomis so fresh on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost feels like, uh, it almost feels like he is a a type of Loomis that uh, that if he escapes Haddonfield, you know, at the end and just retires in this town. You know, you know, it's kind of he carries a lot of those mannerisms with him. It's just pretty, pretty cool. Some of the um, he, he was pretty mean spirited. Um, uh, it was um, I don't know. It was I saw the callbacks to the first uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which I did revisit this week. Um, I don't have that in my collection. I don't know why. I can tell you the story of how I saw it in the uh, bargain bin at Walmart years ago and. Uh, conveniently ignored because I just figured Ooh, it always the, the Scream Factory edition. Yeah, and, and and I ignored it, and I just figured I'd grab it the next time I'm there, and of course it wasn't there, and I've been severely beating myself over it ever since. But anyhow, um, so I did I did find a copy, and I hate doing this, but I did find a copy on YouTube actually, and uh, I did watch it this week, and that was God, that's a totally different conversation, but. I, I caught the, the a lot of the callbacks to that. I wasn't really thinking about Black Christmas with that one scene, Will, you mentioned. But um, I think the standout scene for me in this movie on a, on the first watch was was the wood chipper. <laughs> that was the part I kind of sat up on my couch and I just thought, uh, I, we can stop this any anytime. Um, that was pretty crazy. That, that, that is, see, you know, that there's a level of intensity in that moment that unfortunately you just don't get with Thanksgiving. And I wish you would have, I wish you freaking would have. Um, but you know, a lot of unanswered questions at the end, it just didn't, I don't know. It just sort of felt, it didn't feel like a, I don't know. It, it we'll look we into and talk about it, but you know. I think the the key thing is, as I, I I'm not sure why I ignored it for so long. It is a fun movie, and once uh, I think I enjoyed it the most on the third time watch. I love the end. Um, oh yeah. No one's mentioned that, but I love the aesthetics of the end with the rain, uh, with the water from the sprinklers, the red lighting. Oh yeah. Uh, it almost has a 16 millimeter uh, feel to it. Um, the axe fight at the end, uh, when they when those two go at it, I thought was uh, was pretty cool. There, there's that neat. I don't know that in of itself kind of felt like a throwback to the '80s in a way. How some of those movies ended. Hey. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was you know, and I usually am you know pleasantly surprised when I finally catch up with something that I've been ignoring, and um, I, I thought. Uh, I thought, man, I, it was pretty intimidating, though, to see that. Uh, we'll talk about as much as the wood chipper. Maybe it's that fourteen-year-old little girl that should have gone in the wood, wood chipper. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. that was Definitely. pretty harrowing, man. When she opens up that freaking door, man, and she's like, "Would you, you got something for me?" Oh, <laughs> man, he just raises it to the back. I'm like, "Oh my god, what's coming?" Dude, just cattle prods her, man, right there, and then freaking spears her, spears her right in the. Freaking doorway! Holy crap, man! 
And I thought, I, at that moment, that was the moment I knew, early on in the movie, actually, uh, I knew we were in for something, and then the wood chipper scene just freaking topped that one. And oh, yeah. I don't think I ever recovered from that to the end of the movie. That was <laughs> at the forefront of my mind. It was, it, was, it was pretty brutal, but there was a lot of, we'll talk about it. There's a lot of stuff about the movie I wish uh, it could have been better written. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> so many questions are unanswered and so many, you know, especially in light of, uh, you know, the whole Kavina massacre, you know, thing. And you know, it's just, there's, there's a lot of things they, in relation to the uh, flashback scene, um, things I wish they would have done, but we'll get in, we'll all get into that. So I, I really did like it though. It was uh, definitely, it's going to be, there's a return watch every year for me. Oh, yeah. Did it, did y'all watch it uh, on Blu-ray or? I yeah, watched I, it on Blu-ray. Yeah, I only owned the DVD, but I ordered the Blu-ray. Well, that's, yeah. That's how much I liked it, you know? It's a physical <laughs> media matters there. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, I don't know, where, where do you want to go? I mean, we're, we're going to talk spoilers, so where, how do you want to do this? Um, favorite kill? Yeah, we could do that first. Yeah, yeah. Wood chipper first. Wood chipper, oh, hell yeah. Nice Wood chipper, holy freaking. You know, let me just say that about that whole scene. Um, it is a soft porn shoot there in the, uh, that motel. Yeah. There's something, you know, Will, you had made that comment earlier. I don't know. I, I kind of disagree in, in the sense that aesthetically, I just felt like that there was nothing. There was, I don't, I didn't, I didn't feel any, there was anything sexual with that whole scene at all. In fact, I was sort of, I was sort of kind of, I don't know, indifferent. Well, she had nice breasts. Yeah, there's just, I don't know, that whole scene was, I don't know, maybe it was just because you knew the minute it started it was going to end well. But, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, I thought it was, I did like how uh, the mayor's daughter there is exiting the place after she has her little daily dose of coke and uh, bumps into our hero coming down the long metal stairwell there and uh sort of gives them that i love it when she i do love it there are moments in this movie i do really really like when she looks like creep creep yeah and he looks down at i'm like oh you're screwed you there's no way you're making it out of this movie you are freaking dead and she is our freaking she is our our hallmark throwback to silent night deadly night um towards the end which is which actually might be better. It is than, better than the original. Yeah. Uh, yes, I thought that. So I mean, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. But then anyways, the Witcher, holy freaking. And now I'll tell you what I tell you what undid that scene a little bit for me is when we saw that when he first chops her leg off and that leg goes flying. I thought, okay, come on. Yeah. But then yeah. I I quickly forgot about it when he picks her up like chainsaw style. Oh yeah. And he just starts carrying her man to the. I'm like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> I, I, was, I was waiting for the camera to go up and peer in. That's what I was waiting. It never did, but that's what <laughs> I was. I thought, what are we gonna see? Oh, I am. I, I, what? I just, I just love you know that he threw threw her foot in first. Because, yeah. like, like I was saying earlier, that was totally a scene of it's like, at this point, 
you know, she knows exactly what's, what's going to happen to her. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. literally, he's thrown her foot in, and it's like, <laughs> well, damn. And then feeds her in feet first. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, she she's kind of like our Chrissy in a way. I mean, she just knows death death is coming. Oh, yeah. She ain't getting away from it. When she sees that wood chipper man, oh, my God. Yeah. One thing that really doesn't make sense at all whatsoever, though, with this scene, and especially when you take out another scene that, that comes afterward, is, like, he swings his big-ass fucking axe. The, the whole leg comes off. Said, well, the bottom part of the over her leg um, comes off. And later in the movie, he, like, fucking throws his axe at, like, a dude or a girl's um, uh, leg. And it just cuts, like, the fucking... Um... Tendon on the back of her ankle. Yeah. <laughs> Almost Matrix style, man. Yeah, that was yeah. fucking stupid. That was pretty. That was, it would have been better if it would have just freaking taken her her from the ankle and right there, just taken it off. Yeah. How does the axe not just go right through her freaking phone? Get that. I really liked uh, the um, fucking split edge scene, like oh. the, the hacks in the middle of the face. That was. Was that a throwback to uh, Hatchet, or did Hatchet come after? I think Hatchet came after. No, no, Hatchet came oh, in no, 2008, right? Uh, I think worse. Hatchet was 2008. Seem think. But that that was a good scene, though. It was just like... <laughs> uh, Hatchet was oh, yeah, yeah so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, how about, how about the 14-year-old girl... Um, Oh if well, any, she got what she deserves. She um, did. I I thought the acting though with her mom was just uh, a little underwhelming when she's just like, "Stop! Those are my heart pills." <laughs> yeah, that was. Good. Yeah, that was I would have cold cocked that freaking girl. Exactly. What's your, what's your freaking pro? Okay, first of all, what's an LV? What is she referring to? She's she wants her mom to drive her to the mall to get a LV. I don't know. I don't know what the LV is. I, I, I would assumed it was like a phone. Or a toy, maybe? Yeah. Hauled off and freaking slugged her is what she should have freaking done, and that would yeah. have taken care of her heart issue. Yeah. yeah. Obvious her daughter was the big problem with her freaking heart. For uh, sure. And that girl, you know she's doomed. I mean, the, you know, and then her mom, I mean, you know, her mom's like, you know, I thought we, I thought we would go to church tonight, and that girl's just like, F church, and I thought, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> oh, which, is, which is an interesting contrast with the creepy reverend. Oh, the, the oh my god! And how was freaking over the top was that sermon? Oh yeah, it was funny as fuck. You know what? I think that I think that was just freaking. Uh, it was a, bad. It was a complete, uh, I thought, I think it was a complete meltdown from like the last 10 years of this town just coming apart. Mm. You know, cause everyone keeps on talking about how once the mill closed down, everything just kind of, you know, our, our, uh, Loomis hero, uh, sheriff there, you know, I love it when he's just like, you know, when, you know, when he, what does he say? Drugs and porn and everywhere. When, when did this town freaking get it? 
and she's yeah. like, when the milk, when the milk loads. Like um, <laughs> how many times did we have to hear Aubrey mention how she wasn't, um, she wasn't, uh, you know, built whatever to be a deputy, to be a cop? Yeah, that, this, this I really had an issue way too many times. Like, we get it. We know. <laughs> but what's weird about that whole thing, you know, with her dad, having been, and we find out in the flashback, having been the one to take down uh, RJ Sr. Um, all those years ago in, in front of the kid who's in, a, in, the, in the truck across the street, never once do we ever feel the need, uh, in terms of the writing, do we need to discuss this is it just a coincidence that we have a guy in a santa suit running amok in here i mean he makes the point that well you know you're not the only um uh, you won't be the only uh what what was their last name brodemeyer bradamore bradamore yeah bradamore to take down a bad santa it would have been nice to have a little bit freaking dialogue about well let, let me tell you kid uh yeah i had a bad episode you know there's no there's no talk about that. There's no talk about the fact that the guy is has a chimney, op, uh, a chimney business uh, there in Cryer, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. which gets them into all the homes, whether it's a chimney or a wood stove. And, and yet, I, it's interesting how that whole thing is completely left out of the movie, as far as you know, you know that aspect. Of it, it just leaves so many questions. Like, did the people? Obviously, they knew him. I mean, mm-hmm. and in their homes, he would have known about that bratty girl. He would have known about <laughs> the, the the porn shoots, or you know, you know the 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 coke. He, he would have known about a lot of that junk. But you know, and yet that never becomes important to the story. Yeah, I mean. uh I always kind of felt that, you know, there was a lot of, how can I put it, like, hinted at stuff that should have been explained a bit more. Like, the whole thing about them getting, like, presents, you know? Like, he's sending them presents. It's brought up, like, twice, and that's it. Yeah, I agree, too. And and one thing one thing I was wondering, is, is it an actual... Thing, like fucking everyone dresses up as Santa and parade around town somewhere. <laughs> well, apparently in Cryer it is. Well, I mean, it's, kind of, it's kind of like the uh, what was it the the Croker uh, parade celebration, whatever. And I know what you did last summer. That uh, huge thing that they had there. Yeah, but see yeah. that I get, but a fucking well, or or just canceled uh, the fucking parade, you know. Yeah. There's, a, there's a killer Santa running around. What about what about just just fuck fuck the parade? You know. Mm-hmm. It would yes. make sense. And yeah. there's not even a uh, there's not even a moment where you know. Well, I mean, I guess somebody does say, somebody does say, you know, well, it's tradition. It's been done a million times. Well, actually, Malcolm's um, or Cooper, Sheriff Cooper, there. He does. He does tell Aubrey that uh, that he had already called the mayor, um, which is an interesting scene. 
as he's trying to tell him about the serial killer <laughs> that he's getting killed right there. I love that. I love uh, it. And how about the whole mayor's deal? So, you know, the, and there you go with the whole motivation thing. A lot of these, a lot of these, it just doesn't stack up. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, do we even see anyone even open up a present with a lump of coal in it? Only, um, the, only uh, at the, 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 um, the sheriff. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah, and he's like, cool. Oh. Okay, yeah. I remember. We, I remember seeing the present on his desk when he was out on a call. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but no really use of that either throughout uh, the film, and uh, it's um, I don't know. It was it's sort of like. And I get it. Look, 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 look. We talked about Halloween a minute, a little while ago. It, it, it's like the big difference in horror films, I think, really lies between the 78 Halloween in terms of no explanation at all and Rob's movie, which gives us the whole entire platter yeah. of thing we could possibly want to know. This movie falls in between that somewhere. I mean, it attempts, it, it attempts to explain and yet it only really gives us enough to make us wonder. Yeah, but it's not—it's not a bad thing either. I think. No, it definitely it worked. I mean, I, I think. How, how I, can I? I'm just wondering how I can put this. It's like I almost wish that they hadn't shown us the flashback at the end. I would—I would have almost just have liked to have seen, you know, him get in that truck and drive off and it just be like we don't know why this happened I, I it's just some like, crazy no dude I, I I think essentially it's the it's the difference it's like comparing uh, the strangers to like um, funny games if that makes sense you know, where in in funny games they there's like a reason for what they're doing. It's totally twisted, but there is a reason. Where in the strangers, it's just literally because you were home. You know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I think the problem here too, going right along with what you're saying, is just it's tied. I think it's tied too closely to the the source of inspiration which is with that Corvina massacre so you get the mm. flashback and once you've seen the movie two three times and you really start to think about it you start to wish i wished that flashback scene that it would have been tied it would have been more tied to uh you know for example okay so look he's a little kid he sees his dad get gunned down by this deputy uh the Broadmere, Broadmire, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and uh, so you would think, you would think that, you know, him going after the dad or him going after Aubrey's dad would have been sort of the, it would have been the, the pinnacle of this film, that that would have been his driving point. Mm-hmm. Would either be, and that, but it, but dad, the dad's kill is so anticlimactic. You don't even see the kill. You just see, her finding him, and it just makes no sense since he's the one. Well, okay, two two characters. A, he's the one that guns down his dad, 
So you would mm-hmm. think a lot of hatred would have been, and you know, she even mentions the fact that of everyone he's going after, it's got to be personal by by the level of violence involved, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But, but the other guy is the boyfriend, the boyfriend of his dad's, uh, of his dad's wife. If you remember that flashback when he comes raging out with his flamethrower and the wife goes, you know, falling down the stairs, the boyfriend just freaking tails off. Runs running down, just leaves her, mm-hmm. and runs away from the scene. And I thought to myself, how freaking awesome would it have been if it would if that fleeing boyfriend, the coward there, would have ultimately been the mayor of this town? That, that yeah, that that would have been quite satisfying. That would have been interesting, and somehow you could have tied in. The fact that, you know, the, the deputy's now retired, now his daughter is taken over, and somehow you could have built up to some sort of great climax that would have involved at least those three characters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, would have, well, it would have been like more, everything would have been like tied up together or knit together more tightly. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, with the mayor, I mean, it's like, it seems like the only reason that scene even exists is to, you know, throw back to the original film. It, it could very well be. Well, Which I, I, say, I think that's that's the case, actually. <laughs> uh, you know, because, you know, it's mentioned, too, you know, you talk about the uh, uh, the motivation and uh why, you know, it, you know, the only thing that mayor that we know of, the only thing that mayor does is what his daughter accuses of him, and that is running a, a new road, building a new road through protected land. Yeah. But other than that, we never see the guy do anything wrong, except we could assume he's a corrupt politician, but we don't know it. Yeah, that's true. Now, so why well, he wasn't goes it, Wasn't it, like, implied, though, that... He was. He knew about the whole COVID thing. I think. Yeah, you could tie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. 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 T- tell me though, what did you think of? You know the the two red herring Santa Clauses. Disposable. I mean, I, I found the one guy, you know, the the guy that ended up in the in the jail. I found him kind of funny because he reminded me of what's his name? Um, oh, oh, what's his name? That that uh, uh, that comedian, uh, Leary. Leary? Yeah. Um, Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. That's it. He, re- he reminded me of Dennis Leary. I don't know why. It's just kind of there was something I was like, that sounds like Dennis Leary. That was the uh, Jim Epstein character, right? The Santa Claus. Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved how, you know, like how jaded he was, but he was still being a Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, I almost, I almost wish, uh, I almost wish, uh, and what is his name for us? Anyways? Isn't his character Santa Jim, the the killer? Yeah, I think that's what it's because it's J.R. or J.R. Jimmy. Um, but um, I almost wish he would have gone after him just because of how he was treating the kids. Yeah, yeah. 
dude, how freaking awesome was it when freaking McDowell, man, when Cooper uh, looks at Giles and Giles is like, man, I think I'd be better served just staying back holding down the fort. And he's like, no, he's like, you better, you'd be better served protecting the citizens of Cryer, Wisconsin. So man up. That was great. awesome, man. But, but this, uh, the, um, the sheriff character is like, Fucking amazing from start to finish. Even when he he watches the what was recorded on the soft porn camera and you know like oh can can you fast forward and shit? He's like no, I'm like uh, build, building a, a case or some shit. He's like that's the the mayor's daughter. Like he's like I don't know the the way the way he delivers his line too is just fantastic. I, you just, you've got to love you've got to love the end like who like. Why would you bring a flamethrower to a gunfight? <laughs> yeah. See, see, that's that's my great disappointment in this movie is I don't think I don't think Malcolm McDowell got the end he deserved. No, he deserved a much, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, he deserved like a proper. Full he does, you know, I thought about this, Glenn. We've talked about this before. The uh, the guy who we wished would have been the hero of the new Texas Chainsaw movie, yeah. but the death he did get was was pretty good. Yeah, that's what Malcolm deserved in this movie. His character deserved that kind of death. Yeah, he he, he really did. I mean, uh, all I, mean, I can think is maybe they only had him for a certain amount of days. Because you hear that sometimes with like you know like the bigger actors, like well you know we had them for like. Four days, so we had to just get a, get all the shots we could, and you know, couldn't go too far with no, stuff. But Ma- Malcolm was in, was in, in plenty of like more uh, lower uh, yeah that's true. Uh, around that time, especially. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'll maybe uh, maybe they didn't have the money. Or maybe Malcolm was like, I don't want to wear a lot of makeup. I, you know, I, lo- I love his line of, um, um, <laughs> what he tells Aubrey, don't put avocado on a burger. Oh, yeah, and then, and then he says, like, almonds. No, you're yeah, not your big almonds on the big burger. Almonds on the big almonds. Oh, it's great. I, I just love the, all, all the stuff where he's like, you know, He's gonna regret coming to my town. And that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, when you watch Aubrey's character arcs over the course of the entire film, and you watch Cooper's arc over the entire course of the film, it, it's their ends are switched. Yeah, Aubrey should have just been impaled on something, and 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 Malcolm should have been the last one standing and and had his heroic battle to the. Because, uh, I mean, all we're told over the entire movie is how Aubrey shouldn't even be a cop, how she even shouldn't be uh, a deputy. And the only reason she probably is is because her dad was one for so many years. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just love also, though, they bring up the fact that, you know, she's got, like, this dead husband. And, and and she's, like, like, no, she's so young. Yeah. And I mean, I just love the fact that like she's got this dead husband, and she's like all traumatized by it. But it literally doesn't matter at all to the entire movie. No, we don't even know how he died. No, <laughs> that's, it's, 
there was a that could have been that could have been useful too to you know it could have been a driving force in a whole lot of the movie because I do I tell you what Aubrey's as a character as an actress her her only shining moment in terms of any line given in the entire movie the only scene and and all we got was like a freaking millisecond of it and and nothing was done with the rest of it I wish it would have been but uh when uh when she's when she's uh dealing with Epstein there at the uh when he's there uh, uh when she goes to uh deal with the complaint that they're getting from him mm-hmm. that he's making the kids cry and they're you know and he's sort of just kind of you know laying into her and then he says uh he just says the uh so why why aren't you uh home with the hubby baking christmas cookies and she i i, I it's the only line she does well i think the whole movie is she just looks at him and goes what did you just say yeah and i thought oh dang her character's about to turn right here and then boom it's gone and we don't see anything <laughs> like that the rest of the yeah I mean, that, that is the thing. There's a lot of stuff brought up that's sort of unnecessary. Like, unnecessary information. I guess the idea is, you know, to make them a bit more, like, rounded of a character. But, I mean, if you don't pay it off, you know, if you don't pay off the dead husband, you know. Why why even uh, even mention it? Yeah, you, you see, you know, you know what I would have done? I would have been, you know, the 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 woman that died at the beginning that was all chopped up and shit. Mm-hmm. I would have made it that, you know, before she was with this deputy or whatever, that she'd been sleeping with her husband. And maybe, you know, something had gone on that way, you know? Dude, that's freaking brilliant, Glenn. Because yeah. if you go to the flashback, the whole the whole motivation lies in infidelity. The you know the mm-hmm. dad goes off because his wife has left him for a younger guy, presumably younger guy or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. the guy does look younger when, in the flashback scene, and that would have been brilliant if you know it's a little bit edgier of a movie. But if she if if her we find out her her husband who is the de- they're both deputies. He's been cheating on her, and that is your first murder scene. Yeah, because he's been naughty, if you will. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I mean, that could have just freaking oh arced you all the way to the end with a with a mayor who was the fleeing boyfriend, you know, from the flashback. And dude, that makes absolute absolute sense. I mean, man, I kind of wish that was actually what we got. Yeah, I mean. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it could have just done with like another run through the editor, you know, and just to address some of these little inconsistencies like this. I don't know, but uh, is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. How about how about the opening scene with uh, with uh, the Christmas music there and him uh, just sort of love doing, it, love it, love it. take care of his fingernails while he's. I really, really like the uh, <laughs> the choice of music there too. Mm. Kind, of, kind of a lesser known Christmas song. The way it plays, it's kind of kind of eerie and shit. Like it. Oh yeah, I I just I love the whole scene though, when he comes down and and the the guys there tied up with the lights and he's like, you know, 
Like, I didn't know she was married, man. And just that moment when he realizes, he's like, you're not her husband, are you? He's like, you're just some sicko. I loved that moment. The realization. Yeah, the realization that, like, you know, yeah, this isn't, you know, I'm not dealing with an angry husband. Like, I'm dealing with, with someone who's just broken. And, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the, the exploding eyeballs. Oh, you know, man. That, that, that was... That was... It was a fun scene. I'm pretty. I don't think people's eyebrow eye, eyeballs actually explode when they get electrocuted. Yeah, and obviously CG too. Yeah, but you know I can forgive that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was pretty keyed in on just how nasty that water was that he was dipping his razor in. Oh, Ooh, yeah, I thought the same thing. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was so nasty. Like, yeah, we're dealing with a freaking savage here. Holy crap, man. Oh, yeah. And I, I just love the fact that, you know, you never, you don't see what happened to the woman, but you just see the aftermath of it. Like, literally, like a torso dude, set on top dude, of the TV. And I do, I, and I do, do love that. Uh, you made me think about it, Glenn. I do love that, the idea that we, we're first brought to the house as a result of uh, uh, when the call comes in that a bunch of kids walking by the house can smell it. Yeah, and you know, I I also love the fact that you know, the the first place she goes is down into the basement, and yes. the first thing she does is she throws up. You know, I I just find that a little funny. I don't know why. There's just something about it. It's like you know, it makes you wonder if they didn't uh, if they didn't uh, flirt with the idea of um, you know sort of bookending to infidelities, you know. I mean, makes you wonder if they didn't at least think about it. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, uh, it seems like almost like a foregone conclusion that you'd go with that, you know. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Are we missing any kill scenes in here? Uh, yeah, well, the first, uh, you know, the soft porn thing. You know the first kill, the lady. Oh yeah, yeah, with the the hook to the. Yeah, but that that was kind of odd though, because the first time the camera pans at the the hook, it's quite small; it's about this long. Yeah. And when he like shoves it into uh, the lady's stomach, it's like sticking out from the back. The yeah. <laughs> oh man, I I tell you what, short again. Afterwards. How cool was that scene, though, where, you know, he's taking the photos of the girl and she can't really see what's going on behind him. So she's putting her hand up to, like, block the light. And then she's like, like, run, run or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, you know, he's so focused on this that, and she sees what's going on. And it's just like, man, I thought well, the good. Well, uh, there's the um, the fucking. Uh, I was about to say the Pope, not the Pope. <laughs> but oh. the, <laughs> no, the the priest. Uh, that oh. scene. The I, I, what I loved about that scene, though, is he takes out the priest and then he gives the old woman money. Yeah. 
You know, it's just, but, you know, but you know, you know what ruins that scene though in a way is the woman's reaction in the end. Yeah, she's got like, oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like chopped leg go flying. I don't know, it's the yeah. sort of he like, stabs the dude like twenty five times though, with what seems to be like a blunt knife. After he freaking uh, in the burning, burning style cuts his fingers off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God. It's amazing I, that he sat there and listened to him that long. <laughs> I I love that he did. I love that he was just like, keep digging your own grave. Go on, keep going. <laughs> like I'm gonna, just, you know, that's another part of the story that does beg a little bit. I, maybe not as much as the other things we've talked about, but what what causes this? Uh, what causes this Reverend to to go downhill like this? Was he was he always like it? Did something drive him? To just lose, you know, lose faith and just. Start I'm pretty to... sure. I'm pretty sure he was like that from the beginning. I like just an asshole. That's it. Yeah, I think he was just a creep. Well, yeah, mean, abusing his powers. You know, uh, abusing of his uh, place of power. Like, I mean, I mean, hell, collecting the money for himself and shit. Just being we, an asshole. When we first see him, he's kind of creeping on Aubrey, isn't he? Or Audrey, or whatever she's saying. Yeah, that was creepy, man. That yeah, was. And he's like, he's like touching her, and he's like, Ugh. you know? It, and that look he gives, man, that look he gives after she's walked away, mm-hmm. he gives, yeah. he gives the weirdest look. It's just... Yeah. And then... It's, and then, I it's just almost like the... he knows. It's almost like he knows what's going on, and he knows what's going on in the town. I think he does, because I think he's, he's like, not at all. I don't know. I don't know about that, but that, that, I mean, that, I, that was a weird look, man. Yeah. That like was a weird When, it, when he's okay. taking photos of the, the girls, he's like, let me get this for the, for like the church the, newsletter. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah for we, good we, luck. And he's just, he just keeps zooming in closer and closer. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. I mean, and at the end, he's like, yeah, one more for luck. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we know where that luck's going. Okay, so we haven't even talked about the grandpa, man, and uh, the the throwback to Silent Night there when he... Uh, that that was awesome. I, I was that. so expecting him to, to say, like, yeah, Christmas Eve is the scariest damn night of the year. <laughs> uh, I just love the fact that it's his grandfather, but dude's like, like 30. <laughs> You know, it's like, like, you're saying this is like your grandfather and dude's like 30 years old. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that, that there's a little bit of, you know. Hey, continue my dudes. I really got to go take a shower. Okay. <laughs> <I'll be right laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that, there were some, there were some interesting kills and there were some kind of lame ones. I mean, the mayor's death was kind of lame yeah which will kind of matches the level of um infraction which really wasn't much of like it just begs the question why is he even killing him yeah i mean i I don't know yet i mean maybe more than what you had said before maybe more it was just he doesn't. He doesn't have much control over his family. I mean, yeah, but I mean, would that really be uh, like I'm? I'm a choke kid to death. 
level of sin, if you will. I, it was pretty. It was pretty rude of uh, of our antagonist to uh, not take the cookies from the little girl, though. <laughs> it, it kind of uh, honestly, I I wish they just kept that scene going a bit longer. I wish he'd gone out and then he'd come back in and just took the cookies and left. <laughs> you know, I, I love that he he like you know he actually gave her uh, you know like he. he she, he just wiped out a good chunk of her family, and I was like, "Here you go, have like a have a candy cane." <laughs> well, she she certainly um, came off better than uh, the other one. Yeah, it just like we said, it just the movie begs so. I mean, with the inclusion of the flashback, and not it's just not even the flashback. It's well, it's the flashback that we're given. Uh, from our um, our coke dealer, mm-hmm. he's telling the urban myth story, and then we get it emphasized at the end. Yeah. So you know, and, I mean, there's a lot of questions. I mean, is this guy really going town to town to town? And you know, what's what's that deal all about? I mean, is he that traumatized? You know, as a kid, seeing you know all that. What was it, you know, what traumatized him more, you know, the infidelity, the breakup of his family, you know, seeing his dad get mowed down when he's. I think it's a mix of everything. Probably. I mean, I would, I would have liked to have seen, you know what, I, um, this kind of makes me think of, you know, the ending of, um, Hellfest. Yeah, I I don't know. You know where where like the survivor yeah. guy, like you know he just goes that on. The... Work that really wouldn't have worked here because of how scarred and burned he was. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I kind of like the idea of someone that just you know, like on to the next. Um, God, what was I going to say? Oh, okay, yeah. So first time watch, okay. I just automatically assumed that it was Aubrey in the vehicle that saw her dad take down that guy. I didn't realize until the second viewing that that that, that would have been way too long ago and everything. It just I thought as they were wrapping things up in the end and everything that you know that we were finding out that she was a little bit closer to um what See, with- I actually that, thought she was related. That would have like made she, sense. She escaped, uh, like the the whole family uh, massacre and shit was rescued. That's what I thought. That would have made sense, you know. But I, you know, I don't know. It's like. Uh, it's almost like they were planning something bigger, but then just decided to scale it back. That could be the case. I mean, because, I mean, like I said, I think this was supposed to have a theatrical release and then got dumped on DVD and stuff. So if that's the case, it probably had like a budget cut as well. You know, I don't know. I still love it. though. Yeah, man. It's it's just a fun movie. Do we have uh, any any other thoughts? 
how about the scene where um uh Malcolm McDowell goes to the woman's house and he's like, he stuck her like a little pig. Great scene, Malcolm McDowell's in it. The mom says that. Yeah, and I just love the fact that she's like, like, no, don't go in there. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. I was expecting something really brutal, and all I got was like a stab. Well, around. I, I thought I actually like I actually like that scene a little bit with uh with the mom just torn between you know because just think especially today how many parents are actually caught between these two things. You know, on the one side, she might have, you know, imagined, you know, her daughter, you know, just something being done with her. But in the end, did not want that. Yeah. And I thought that was a a pretty semi-effective scene. Yeah. I mean, I I always thought, like, um, also it was an under, it was a... What's the word I'm looking for? An, an, a missed opportunity when, you know, the, the sheriff's like, you know, like, I'll I'll take that. Like, I know the family. Wow. You know? That was sort of a missed opportunity. Like, I think he should have come been like, you know, I don't know, maybe he, like, knew her or, or like, knew her father or something, you know? Like, they could have gone more. I think it just goes to I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the original script didn't have a lot more layers going on and they just felt like they had to scale it back. Yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised because I mean the thing is it's it's like a ninety four minute movie right ninety four ninety six minutes something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so <laughs> you know if they were keep everything in, it would probably end up being like a two hour flick. I, I thought it was bold, though, man. You know, when you just think about the Covina Massacre. 94 minutes. Yeah. When you think about the Covina Massacre and you just think about how in real life he just shows up to the house and that little eight-year-old girl opens up the door, how they almost mimic that scene, which is sort of crazy. Yeah. To think that they, you know. I wonder how the the families, <laughs> uh, if the, fam- the, the, the family is, like, related to – the actual, uh, like the, the actual real victims. <laughs> yeah, how they they took they they if they saw this movie. You know? I don't I I don't know. Maybe they never connected the dots. It's pretty fucking obvious. It, yeah, yeah. But then again, I mean, like, like, look, I I never even knew until Rob brought it up that there was a connection there. So I don't know. Yeah, well, when, once you know, you, you know, you make the connection pretty easily. And I that's mean, true, yeah. the, the real and victims they, probably know. They they probably know. I don't I don't know. Maybe they got paid off. I don't know. You know, the thing that the final thing that I'm left with is just the final scene at the end of the movie when uh, when he's in his uh, when he's in his truck, RJ Chimney, um, uh, whatever it was, RJ Chimney. Um, whatever um and he's just uh, you know about to head on presumably to some other town but you just gotta know man how many of these people's homes was he in did they know I and mean, we just never get a single ounce of any of that in the no. entire he's never a red herring he's never even a suspect he's never brought up when they're you know when they're actually trying to play detective 
no one ever even thinks about to bring up. And I know it's not the characters as much as it's the writing uh, mm. that goes into it, but it's never brought up as, you know, oh, yeah, what about, what about that chimney guy? Ah, no, it can't be him, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, it's not even not even a thought, which is like so absurd to think that, you know, it's really the only thing that can tie everything together is it's got to be someone just because Aubrey even mentions that she's like, well, it's, you know, with the porn shoot, she's like, well, it's obvious that there was no fight at the door entrance or no break in. You know, they knew him. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, they knew him because he was a freaking chimney cleaner. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they knew, but it, but they never, they never utilized it except for seeing him in his truck at the very end, presumably heading on to another town to clean chimneys and take notes of who's naughty and who's not. Did anyone notice? Did we ever see that truck in the town? I tried, man. On the third watch, I just don't remember. It, Mike, it could be in there. That'd be awesome if it was. You see, that would be really cool. Like if, if at like every scene where something happened, like if you saw the, that truck, do like we in got, the background somewhere? Yeah, that, that, that would be great. We gotta do a commentary on this movie. Not now, but somewhere down the road, man. We just the main emphasis is to look for the truck. I, I'd be <laughs> yeah. so down on it. <laughs> and the entire time, just like. I was in the truck at. Uh, where's the truck? I don't there's know. The parking lot in the background there. Is it in the, is it in the parking lot? <laughs> and, and honestly, did, did his character ever actually show up anytime? I looked for him in the third, in the third watch. I looked for him. Yeah, I, I looked just, for him too. And I, don't know. I yeah, feel like he was there somewhere, but I, who knows where? Yeah, he should have been. I mean, it, it's a missed op Again, it's a missed opportunity if he isn't. Yeah, but if we, were to see his character, I mean, it would be pretty fucking obvious that he was the killer. With his, you know, burn marks and shit. You know, it would have kind of ruined. Well, yeah. he wouldn't have the burns until the end, right? Because those are fresh burns. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you, you know what? Um, have Have either of you seen the new, well, like the, the newer uh, Hell House LLC movies? Yeah, I've seen them. So, so you know, like, There'll be like a scene, and it'll like someone in the background will be one of the characters that's in like one of the other movies. Yeah. I wish they'd done something like that. Just like you know, someone in the back buying coffee or whatever, and it turned out that was the guy who was the killer. It, it, you know, again, it's like a missed opportunity. It's pretty much missed opportunity to move. It kind of is. I mean, it's the it has the bones of something really great, but it. I don't know. They should have gone more. Still enjoyable. Oh yeah, definitely enjoyable. Like I mean, hell, um, you know, it's it's one of my favorite uh, Christmas horror movies. So, did we get some ratings? Yeah, sure. Uh, Rob, were you about to? Ah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, for for me, for me, it's uh, uh honestly a seven. Like, uh, overall, you know, it's a seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Rewatchability, it's well, if you're in the the mood for some Christmas horror, it's a ten for me. 
Mm-hmm. Is it a buy or rent? It's definitely a buy. I even ordered the blue after work. Can't go wrong with that, honestly. Uh, for me, um, it's it's a little weird because um, technically speaking, as a movie, I, I'm with you. It's like a seven, but I give it a ten because I just I I just love every part of it. Mm. You know, and definite rewatchability, high levels of rewatchability. I watch it every year, so you know. And yeah, you you gotta you gotta you gotta own it. Glenn, I I heard you right. You gave it a ten out of ten. I uh, for me, it's a ten out of ten. Even though technically speaking, it's a seven out of ten. You know, like if I, if I'm being like honest as a reviewer, it's a seven out of ten. But for me, it's a ten out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy with it. I, I'm happy with a seven. I, I'm slightly tempted to go lower, but it is enjoyable. And so for me, I, I mean, I won't have a separate rating outside of that. I think it's enjoyable. It, I think it, it suffers, like Will said, from really being a missed opportunity on so many levels. But it offers, it really does offer so much uh, in terms of being a holiday slasher, uh, Christmas holiday slasher. I think the wood chipper scene alone makes up for <laughs> much, uh, <laughs> much of the film. Um, that is a marquee moment in the in the film. Um, rewatchability, I, I, yeah, around Christmas time for sure. Um, you know, so I'm not sure how to rate that exactly, but it's a definite, definite rewatch and during the Christmas season. Um, so I don't know. We'll go, and I could watch it outside the Christmas season for sure. I could watch it. So I don't know. We'll go with like I don't know eight eight out of ten rewatchability. Um, and then re, our uh, purchase absolutely. This definitely, if uh, if slashers is your game, holiday slashers is your game. It definitely ought to be in there. Yeah, uh, for sure. But it's not. It's not without its. Uh, uh, but the good always the bad, and that's the important. I think. Yeah, definitely outweighs it. If anything, it's a good lesson in uh, manicure at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you take care of yourself. Yep, definitely. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, happy holidays. Hell yeah. Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah. Merry Christmas. And I'll try and be uh, more often uh, joining you more often. And by the way, got to say, got a huge shout out to both of you. Y'all are doing amazing. Honestly, I've been listening to some episodes you did, and it's fantastic. Nice. (laughs) So happy holidays, and until next time. See ya. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. <laughs>